0: Hey, everybody, welcome to the World Harvest Church Podcast. We pray that this message blesses you, inspires you, and more than anything helps you grow in your relationship with Jesus. For more information and resources, please visit us at worldharvestusa.com. All right. How many appreciate our worship team? How many appreciate Asia? That was good. That was good. You know, I remember when one of the first times you came here, that was how many years ago? A lot. A lot? You got on fire for Christ and got married. and. God's doing crazy, awesome things in your life. It's fun to see God move on people's lives. Amen? Amen. Isn't that good? All right. Well, it's good to be back. I missed a couple weeks ago. I was home, not feeling well. Um, I missed you guys. I don't know if you missed me. As they say in German, Das tut mir leid. My heart weeps. Uh, We, uh, yeah, I was not feeling well, and my wife uh, covered for me, and it it was a good time. And then we went to Oklahoma, and we are planting a work down there through Ginger and Merle, if you guys remember them. Man, they are doing such an amazing job. They are doing an amazing job. They open up their home, Every week, and sometimes it's more than once a week, and they're taking people out and they're just loving on them, and that thing is really growing and maturing. So we had some good uh, meetings down there. <clears throat> uh, it was it was really fun. We taught, you know, we try to bring out things on vision again, but this time they wanted an emphasis uh, one night on teaching. So I taught on uh, freedom how to be free. How many know that that's a message that needs to be taught? People need freedom. People need freedom. So we've seen a bunch of people get free that night. Isn't that good? The Bible says that he'll confirm his word with signs and wonders following. So when you teach, if you're a cell leader and you teach on something, allow the Holy Spirit to move that way at the end of the meeting. He'll show up and he'll do that right? He'll, he'll confirm. And a lot of times we don't give him the opportunity to do his job to confirm because we close the meeting, we go home. And the Holy Spirit's like, hey, I didn't get to play. I didn't get my turn here. So we need to give him opportunity to minister. So then uh, we taught on some different things. And then we did a, a couple larger meetings uh, where they rented a hall. And um, that was fun uh, my wife taught on a new theme, uh, she taught on identity, <laughs> and that was really good. And we had a number of people that just, you know, encountered the Holy Spirit afterwards, people laid out and, and that kind of thing. And then the last night I spoke on knowing the Holy Spirit, and God really moved. There was people that got, I, I, people received the Holy Spirit. God moved on them. Uh, I prayed for one lady that had severe back pain and she had like a sciatic, sciatic nerve issue. She slipped and fell. And so we prayed for her and she got better and prayed for her again. She got better again. So then the Lord said to me about two or three times, but I was, you know, wasn't kind of listening so much because uh, I was busy praying, doing his work. He said, he said, "Put her in a chair and pray that her leg would grow out." So then I said, "Hey, I said, "Can we put you in a chair?" And, and so uh, we put her in a chair a real nice lady. And I, I said, "Can I lift your feet up?" She said, "Sure." And when I did, uh, one foot was um, one leg was shorter than the other, but it wasn't drastic. And sometimes um, sometimes it's good to do this because any form of release of faith will create a chain reaction. So when God does a small miracle, but even though it's a small miracle, it releases faith for the big miracle. Does that make sense? So I, I picked her feet up, and uh, I felt the anointing there, and I commanded that leg to grow out. And uh, I, just, I didn't even say it very loud. I just commanded it to come out. And when I did, there was a release of anointing that went, it came all the way down through her, and her leg grew out perfect, and she got so excited, she goes, Man, I felt that, I felt that, I felt that. And so, you know, God is still doing stuff, amen? And you would see more miracles in your life if you prayed for more people. Amen? So many times we don't feel like we're worthy, we're not worth it, whatever but we need to get away from that and just trust the work of the cross amen all right well i'd like us to turn in our bibles this is the amplified version james come on oh you guys are good are you getting this in your heart yet i hope so i hope we're motivating you I think I started with this passage probably, oh I don't know, 30 times this year already. But it's it's such a powerful scripture and I want it to get into the hearts. I want you to bleed this scripture. All right, so here it is, the Amplified Version. It says, therefore confess your sins one to another, your false steps and your offenses, and pray for one another that you might be healed. And restored. How do these people get healed and restored? They what? Yeah, they're they're actually praying for each other. I'd like you to take your hand and put it on the person next to you and just say, Lord, give them whatever they need. We overcomplicate this stuff, you know? We overcomplicate it. You know, I wish I had perfect faith. You know, Jesus, it says that he healed every one of them. Isn't that awesome? And I've been in meetings where God actually came in powerful ways. And I remember I did a meeting in Mexico one time, and every single person we prayed for was touched by God, every single one of them. Amen? Amen. But that's not the norm in my life. I wish it was. I wish it was. But by stepping out and praying and believing, if we did that more, we would see more miracles. Amen? Amen. I like what Randy Clark said. He said when God started using him, he said some people get too pompous. They, They use things they shouldn't say. So he said, I would say to people, sometimes when I pray for people, God will touch them. It takes the pressure off. Amen? I like that. All right, so let's keep going. It says that they might be healed and restored. The heartfelt and persistent prayer of a righteous believer can accomplish much when put into action and made effective by God. It is dynamic and has tremendous power." When's the last time you thought that your prayers had tremendous power? You can actually change the course of, uh, of history through prayer, and uh, Derek Prince used to say all the time, he'd say through prayer and fasting. You can actually change governments. Just say amen. Amen. So we come under a lie, maybe it's religion, maybe it's whatever, and we think that our prayers don't matter. When here in the book of James, he's saying exactly the opposite. He's saying when a man, a a person that's in right standing with God, when they begin to pray that heaven shakes, amen? Amen. So think of that when you go to pray. When I go to pray, I, I believe that God Almighty, He sees me through the blood of Jesus Christ. He sees me as a man that, that uh, is saved, that is sanctified. And when I pray, He even bends His ear down to hear me. Amen? Amen? Or do we pray and feel like, We don't really think He's going to hear us. You ever been there? Is this working? Did my prayers even work? Do they even work? You ever been there? It says this, it is dynamic and can have tremendous, 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 tremendous power. Tremendous power. Each one of us here are like a power plant put in our community to bring change to the area. And Satan's lie is that you're ineffective, your prayers don't work, God doesn't hear you, God knows who I am and I'm not perfect, he'll use you know he'll use rob you know because we know rob but i'd like you to say this say my prayers are dynamic and have tremendous power i'd like us to do that again say my prayers are dynamic and have tremendous power isn't that good That could preach. Can we try that one more time? Say, my prayers prayers are dynamic dynamic. and have tremendous power. Did you know that every major revival was started by people that began to pray together? They just began to pray together. And so many times we have these, these real bad pictures of prayer. We're thinking, if we come to a prayer meeting, you know, it is going to be boring, and I better bring my phone so I can play with something when they're not looking. <laughs> I've been to some of those meetings. But I've been to some really powerful meetings, too, where all of a sudden you feel the heavens open, and you feel the presence of God fall on you. And you're sitting there and you're shaking under the presence of God. And it's like everything you say, you know that the the ear of God is right there and He's hearing and things are happening because you're praying. That's what God wants to cultivate in World Harvest. And there's so many prayer warriors already, I know that. But God is wanting to bring it up to a whole nother level that we understand that when we pray, our family's lives are actually changed. Our community, the people we work with, when we spend an extra little bit of time every morning and we just call upon heaven for their salvation, all of a sudden they start thinking things they never thought before. They turn on the radio and some preacher's on there. They get home and they turn on TV and some preacher's on there. They're going to work, and they get a flat tire, and some guy pulls up next to them, jumps out and helps them, changes the tire, and preaches to them the whole time. Why? Because you started praying for the man every morning. Right? It's important to pray. How many are praying for our government? How many are praying for our president? Yes! Wait, that was too quiet. People are like, he ain't my president. Well, whatever. You need to pray for the man. Amen? Because when the conviction of God comes and God raises up individuals to be around him to speak the word of God, see, those things happen when we pray. Right? What if you were president? Would you want people praying for you? I remember when Bill Clinton was in office. Bill Clinton didn't have the best history morally, not to shock anyone. He, he, uh, he had some incidences with immorality. But in the middle of that, many, many, many people were praying for Bill Clinton. Isn't it interesting that... Remember the whole uh, Mideast crisis that began to open up underneath him? And God raised up a man, his name was Paul Cain. And even though Bill wasn't the strongest Christian per se, God raised up Paul Cain, a prophet of God, to begin to interface with him in his life on a regular basis. And people didn't know it, it wasn't on the news, it wasn't on TV. And God raised up Paul Cain to be the liaison to Iraq during the crisis. A prophet of God that Bill Clinton handpicked. Why? Because people were praying for Bill Clinton. They were praying for the nation. Our prayers have tremendous power. So we will never, unless we can have a private interview with Bill Clinton. We don't know what went on in his life at that time, or still what is going on in his life today because of those conversations with Paul Cain. That guy was a razor sharp prophet of God. Funny how God moves when people pray. A lifestyle of prayer and walking in the spirit will create a lifestyle of the miraculous. A lifestyle of prayer and walking in the Spirit creates a lifestyle of the miraculous. A lifestyle. A lifestyle. Did you know that prayer will ignite your faith? Say the word faith. Faith. That's good. Faith produces miracles. When you pray for the sick, if you have a, a strong prayer life, your faith will be higher, and you'll feel the release of the Spirit on a much, regu- much more regular basis. Prayer, our prayer life produces a release of faith. I'd like you to repeat after me. Prayer... Will ignite, faith. will ignite faith, amen. If you're in a cell group and you're not feeling much going on, it's dry, why do you think that is? No prayer. When we pray, can I give you a picture of what happens in the heavenlies? Remember remember Jacob, when he's laying there, and he's praying to the Lord, he has his head on a rock, and uh, he's praying, and he has an encounter with the Lord, and he sees angels ascending and descending, ascending and descending, ascending and descending, ascending and descending. What do you think those angels are doing? Do you think it's like aerobics or something? (laughs) They ascend when they finish an assignment, and they descend when they receive a new assignment. And the thing that fuels these assignments is prayer and the prayer of the saints. When the saints of God are praying, the assignments begin to mount up, and the angelic activity on the earth actually begins to increase. When you're praying in your group, and you're you're praying for the states, you're praying for our community, you're praying for these things. It's releasing the hand of God to release angelic activity. And you're starting to feel that extra presence of God begin to come into the group. Why is that? Because the angels of God actually carry the glory of God, and you're starting to feel the mounting presence of God in the group because you're praying and there's angelic activity beginning to happen. Is that true? It is true. We need to have a lifestyle of prayer. So prayer will ignite our faith. It will release a lifestyle of the miraculous. I like the the story of Samuel, remember that? Hannah, Hannah couldn't have a child, she didn't know what to do. Um, And she was being tormented, she was being teased, she was being picked on. And uh, the Bible says that she was about to her wits end, basically. She was just so upset because uh, she, just, she felt hopeless. And so she didn't know what to do. So I love this picture. So Hannah, she goes to the very temple of God, the, the tabernacle. And she goes there and she lays on her face, And she calls out to the Lord, who can actually bring change into her life. This Hannah woman, uneducated, never went to Bible school. And Hannah goes, and she lays herself out, and she begins to cry out to God. And Eli, the high priest, looks at her, and he thinks she's drunk. And he says, Woman, if you're going to get drunk, go do it in your own home. And she looks up, and I think he could see when she looked up. She says, I am not drunk, but I'm calling out to the Lord because I want a child. And the Spirit of God comes on Eli, and he prophesies, and he says that, you know, that God will bless her and answer this thing. About a year later, guess what she does? She comes back to the the tabernacle, and she's carrying a child. We need to have that kind of faith like Hannah that says, I'm going to press through, I'm going to intercede, I'm going to break through. I don't care what the world is saying. They can pick on me, they can do all this. But when I'm barren, there's one answer, and that is to get into the face of God. Someone please say amen. Amen. So she she, she dedicates Samuel, leaves him in the house of God. That's a little different. And the Bible says that Samuel was raised up in the tabernacle. And when he would go to bed, no one is supposed to go next to the Ark of the Covenant. Only a priest could once a year. But Samuel, in his young innocence, would make his bed next to the Ark of the Covenant. Isn't that crazy? He didn't even think about a veil. He didn't think about anything. He's just snuggling up next to the glory. And every day he would get up, and then at at night, every night, he would go and he would curl up next to the Ark of the Covenant, and he made his home in the glory of God. And the Bible says that God himself began to speak to him. When? When he began to spend time in the glory. It became a natural reaction to hear the voice of God. Isn't that something? So the Bible says that God raised him up and made him a prophet of God, and he brought peace to Israel. One person that knows God, one person that spent his his days, his time in the glory of God, actually began to bring peace to Israel. One man. The Bible said that God never allowed one word of Samuel to fall to the ground. Isn't that powerful? That's so powerful. But it came from an intimate walk with God. You guys okay? All right. So, prayer. Now, I want to hit on one point here for just a couple minutes. One thing that begins to erode our intimate walk with God. In the Bible, you guys have your Bible? I'd like you to turn to the scripture, Proverbs 4.23. Proverbs 4.23. Let me know when you're there. Proverbs 4.23. The Bible says this. It says, above all else, guard your what? Your money. No. Guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. Now that's a strong statement in the Bible. It says, above everything else, guard your heart for out of it, another translation says, out of it flows the issues of life. I don't know if this side heard me. I think this side heard me. (laughs) Guard your heart, for out of it flows the issues of life. We can be saved. We can go to revivals. We can encounter the glory of God. Uh, I've seen this happen many, many times. People encounter things, God is using them in tremendous ways, but things begin to happen in their life, Uh, maybe bad relationships. Things happen, uh, and slowly they allow things to begin to creep in the inside of them, and they no longer are guarding their heart. And the Bible says a root of bitterness begins to come in. Has anyone ever been there? I mean, you were on fire with God. And a root of bitterness began to come in. There's still a Holy Ghost. There's still God. There's all these things. And it's like it's like the devil knows there's no competition to any of those things. So what he'll do is he'll begin to find the simplest, smallest crack in your heart and try to get the smallest root to find its way in there to begin to grow. I was going through this, well, Pastor Char and I were listening to God's generals on the trip down to Oklahoma. I think it's about a 12-hour ride, so um, we were listening to that and We're listening to the life of Alexander Dowie. You guys remember him? Remember Zion, Illinois, the city? Zion, Illinois is actually a plot of land that this minister bought, and he wanted to build a Christian city. Isn't that amazing? And it wasn't just a Christian city. This place was like Revivalville. They had huge meetings, and people came from all over the place, and they wanted to live there and camp out under the glory of God, and God moved tremendously there. Alexander Dowie actually came from Australia, if I remember right. He had a powerful work there. And then he came to the States. He was used in California in, on just a, tr- tremendous, in a tremendous way, and then uh, he went into, Cal, uh, into Illinois, Chicago, Illinois, and God began to use him there on a, in a, just a tremendous way. And he went to the state fair. This is back in the 18, uh, about 1890. Uh, he went to the state fair and they put up a booth and they declared that Jesus Christ is Lord all over the place. And they said, you can come and receive prayer for healing. He had a healing gift that was all over in the news at the time the local newspapers would run articles of the constant healings that were happening under his ministry. Isn't that amazing? That'd be like CNN. Well, let's get back to, uh, you know, Alexander Dowie, start list, listing all the miracles. Could you believe that? That's what was going on. People had come to the, the, the state fair there, the, the world fair, and they were authentically getting touched by God, And things were happening. But the Bible, uh, the Bible, but the the story goes that people began to persecute him and people that didn't understand and even religious people began to persecute him. And he was arrested by the government, people that didn't like him over, I think it was over a hundred times he was arrested. And he forgot this simple little scripture that says, guard your heart. And he went from a person that had one of the most powerful ministries of the day. It spread all over the world. His uh, newsletters would go around the world and encourage people. And over time, that bitterness turned to pride. And when pride came in, the anointing dried up. One of the greatest ministries in the history of the United States began to dry up, and pretty soon it blew away like a bunch of dried leaves. Isn't that interesting? How many have ever been there? You allowed something to get inside, and, to be, and it began to dry up your walk with God. It began to dry up your faith. The anointing of God is just not there anymore. Am I speaking to anyone here today? I want to give you another Scripture on this. This is a good Scripture, if I can find it. Here it is. It says, It says in Acts 24, 16, Acts twenty four sixteen. it says, This being so, I myself always strive to have a conscience without offense towards God and man. This being so, I myself always strive to have a conscience Without offense towards God, and man. This is a powerful scripture. This is a key to helping us walk in a dynamic, continuous flow of faith and anointing in our life. Amen. Amen. It's so important. I know we've been through bad relationships. We've been hurt. Uh, you know, as people, we, we just we we've all been through those things. We've had loss. We've had a lot of victories. Isn't it funny how human nature is to, to look at the negative instead of the positive? I was complaining one day at home in my prayer time. I mean, I was really doing a good job too. I was, I was trying to show the Lord, you know, that He's overlooked this area in our life. And I was really giving Him the dog treatment, you know? And this and that and this person and that and this. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, I went into a vision. We had I'd been to Haiti a couple times now, but I was in Haiti, and I remember this one area of Haiti that was covered in litter. And right on top of all the trash was a food stand. And kids were playing in the trash and And uh, you you talk about poverty. We have no idea. And people getting sick and dying, left and right, things happening everywhere. So here I am complaining to the Lord, sitting in a nice chair, air conditioning. Anybody here ever miss a meal in your entire life? because you didn't have any money other than when you were in college. You know what I'm saying? And that negativity can begin to come in and begin to hollow out a place and begin to have a voice in your life. And that thing will begin to defend itself and it'll fight for its space. Do you know what I'm saying? Until the Lord goes, gives you a vision, and you're like, oh my goodness, I've got nothing to complain about. Good Lord. Just think of the time when you met Christ and you felt that presence of God wash away your sins. Amen? Or that time maybe He answered a prayer or You were praying for a friend, and that friend got saved, or you seen a miracle, or you were praying for finances, and God came through in a miraculous way, and we forget all that stuff. Acts twenty four sixteen is this in your Bible? I'd like just just try to find it in there. Just look. Go ahead. Acts 24, 16. Go ahead. I just want to make sure that I'm on track here, that we're preaching the, the, you know, the gospel here. Acts 24:16. This being so, I myself always strive to have a conscience without offense towards God and man. Amen? Did you know that we can be walking with God and bitterness can begin to fill us and just like that, all of a sudden, you don't realize it because it happens pretty quietly and subtly. The same thing can happen, he said, offense towards God and man. We can know God, love God, experience God. Uh, many of you guys have been with us on mission trips and things, and you've seen the miraculous power of God. I remember we were, I was with Jake and, and Brian and I think that was what we had down that time. We've seen two ladies that were about 90% blind receive their, their sight right there through the power of God. Isn't that a good day? It's a really good day if you're those ladies. Amen? I remember I prayed for a guy in Mexico one time that was completely stone deaf in one ear. He was the most expressionless person I ever prayed for completely deaf in one ear. The power of God comes on him, he's completely healed. And I said, can you hear? And he says, yeah. So I test him and then he can hear. He goes, thank you, walks away. (laughs) (laughs) I was excited for him. Thank you. I said, thank Jesus, thank you, Jesus. But we can experience those things And then something happens, and now we can actually become offended with God. And we don't realize it sometimes, but this offense with God can come in oh so subtly again as well. And you're praying, you're leading cell group, you're you're doing things God called you to do, but you know you're not at the level that you once were because you're a little bit upset with God. And I get it because sometimes we have disappointments and we're expecting God to move a certain way and then he moves another way and we get offended. And we can get offended with God. I know that none of you guys have ever been there because you are sanctified, you are, you are the saints of God. But I have been there and I, I start getting dead in my faith my prayer time begins to be empty it becomes to be tradition where i go and i put in my time and i'm no longer feasting at his table because i have offense towards god my conscience can be offended on the inside And it happens, it happens. In Acts there it says, I strive to basically live an offense-free life towards God and man. And that word there in the Greek means I train myself to not have offense. I practice like a musician not to have offense i practice like an athlete i train like an athlete that wants to be good at throwing the discus or something or playing golf it's saying here that that he began to practice this technique of not allowing offense to come in has anyone been burned by a christian how about by a minister? How about by me? I hope not. I didn't mean to. I had a lady one time that was so mad at me. She was mad at me. I'm not a mean person. I wear glasses, and I don't have them on today, but I was at Walmart. And i didn't have my glasses on and this lady was like hey pastor bob and she's waving at me and all the way across walmart walmart's pretty big and she's just waving away and and i just stare ahead like i don't see her and she was upset with me and i became the biggest troll the most anti-christ pastor in the community isn't this stuff crazy so finally i talked to her one day and i said you know you seem like you're upset she's (laughs) she said well i am upset she said there i am waving at you i said where was this she said at walmart I said, well, what day was that? She said, it was a couple weeks ago. She said, you wouldn't even acknowledge me. I said, well, I know you. That's why. I said, are you serious? I said... I don't remember that at all. And I said, did I have glasses on? And she said, no, I don't think you did. I said, well, I wear glasses so I can see better. I said, honestly, I said, I don't know what you're talking about. I didn't see you there. And if, if that happened, I said, I am so sorry. I said, I don't want to offend you. And uh, she said, really, you didn't see me? I said, No. Anyways, isn't that silly? Stuff like that happens all the time. And then if we let it keep building, pretty soon we actually build a fortress in our heart that anyone that even, you know, associates with me or the person that they're offended with, they're offended with them too. And it begins to build a kingdom. And what happens is even though they're trying to walk with God, the anointing begins to dry up. The presence of God, you're not feeling it anymore, and they don't know what's going on because they feel like they're fighting a right fight, but it's a wrong fight. What does the Bible say? It says, if you have ought with someone, you're supposed to go to them and deal with it quickly. Or if they have ought with you, you have to go to them. You have to do it either way. In the body of Christ, there's no factions, amen? Amen. In the body of Christ, we're humble, and we deal with things, and that's why the Spirit of God can flow freely in our prayer lives and in our church. Amen? Amen. We deal with things. We deal with things. All right, so I'd like you to point at someone that you have an offense with in the church. (laughs) Why are you all pointing this way? How many want to have the anointing stronger on your life? Amen. To hear that whisper of the Holy Spirit. When you pray for people, you feel the release of the Spirit. I'm telling you, this stuff matters. It matters. It matters. It matters. It matters. It matters. It matters. 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 He says, I strive to live offense-free between God and man. To not allow a root of bitterness to come in, to allow something to come in and be a thief to the presence of God. Man, I tell you what, when you see people that used to flow powerfully in the gift of prophecy or the word of knowledge or another gift of the Spirit, or maybe they used to serve well, maybe a, a, a that type of gift, and those things don't, they're not there anymore. of the time, it's because something came in and took over, and it's called bitterness and offense. Just say amen. amen. It's a major blockage. It's a major blockage. One of the things that people, when they have heart issues, they'll go in a lot of times and they find that there's a major blockage, and they put a stent in there so the... Blood can flow freely again, and the person starts getting healthy. Sometimes in the body of Christ, we need a few of those stents put in. Amen? Amen. But hopefully that we don't find out that the blockage is there because of a crisis. We find it's there because we go before the Lord and say, God, search me in all my heart. See if there be anything in me. Amen? Amen? All right, we need to wrap this up. I want to give you Philippians 4, 6, and 7. It says, do not be anxious or worried about anything. That's a good scripture right there. But in everything, in every circumstance, this is the Amplified again, in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, continue to make your requests known to God And the peace of God, say the peace of God, God. which reassures the heart, which transcends your understanding, stands guard over your hearts and your minds in Jesus Christ. What is that saying? It's saying that when we pray, there's this thing called the peace of God. And when we pray with the peace of God, There's this great reassurance in our life that God is with us and God's going to take care of us. God's going to come through. God's going to answer a prayer. But when you've lost that sense of the peace of God, you can't stand in dynamic faith. Amen. Peace and thanksgiving are two strong foundations of faith. Peace and thanksgiving are two strong foundations of faith. Anxious, cares, worries erode our faith. Amen. I remember there was a girl that grew up I think I've shared this before, I don't know. But she grew up going to Bible camp. She was around, well her parents got divorced. And it was a terrible thing. The husband just went bonkers. This lady married another guy, it was a Christian man. Actually just a saint. The guy was wonderful. And she the daughter, she was in elementary school when all this happened didn't understand what happened, was beginning to get upset with God, experienced powerful things in their church. And uh, the the new couple, the mother and the stepdad, they got along great. They were both active in the church. Um, and I went to camp that year. This girl is now a senior in high school. Been to church her whole life. Now she's rebellious, hates God, hates her family. Her family made her go to camp. We're sitting there Friday, the last night of camp. And the dad comes up, the stepdad comes up to me and he says, I'm supposed to talk to you about my my stepdaughter, she's here. And she hates me and she's been rebellious. And he said, I don't know what to do, but the Lord said I'm supposed to talk to you. I said, well, let's just sit here and pray. I just grabbed his hands. We began to pray, began to pray, began to pray, began to pray, began to pray. We sat there for a long time. Uh, People were worshiping the Lord. There was all this altar activity going on after the meeting. And we were just praying and praying and praying. And then all of a sudden, the presence of God fell on both of us. And the Spirit of God showed me a vision of her life and how she encountered God as a young girl and then how bitterness came in through the divorce and she blamed God for the entire thing. Isn't the devil a liar? The Lord spoke to me, he said, go get her and put her next to the, the stepdad. So I went and got her, I said, I said, hey, I said I, I just felt the Lord speak to me, and I'm supposed to pray with you. I said, is that okay? And she felt the presence of God come on her, and she began to cry, cry, and she said, I don't want to, but I know I need to. And I led her over, and I sat her right next to the stepdad, and I just did the same thing again. I said, we're just going to sit here and pray. And we prayed and we prayed for probably about 10 minutes while the worship was going on, people around the altar praying. and We're over there and we're waiting on the Lord. And all of a sudden you felt that release of the Spirit again. And she starts crying and he's crying. And then the Lord said, now tell her what I showed you. And I began to give her details about her life as a young girl and how she knew Christ and how she loved the things of the Holy Spirit. And she had this intimate prayer time with him. But as the divorce came in, how she began to blame God and she began to get angry at God and was going to punish God by how rebellious she was going to become. And she started to cry and cry and cry. And she said, It's true, it's true, she, it's true. And she began to repent and say, I don't want to live like this anymore. And we began to pray for her. She received freedom. And she gave her life back to Christ. And then the Lord said, take her hand and put it into his hand and pray a blessing over them. I took her hand, I put it into his hand and I prayed for them and God healed their relationship. And about two, three years later, that man found me and he thanked me again. He said, I don't know what God did that night, but he said, he gave us our family back. Amen. So, God wants us to have a dynamic walk with Him, but He wants us to live without this thing of offense towards others and with God. We've all been there. I've been there. I've been there. I've had to humble myself, which I didn't want to, but I was so glad I did. And I've had to deal with things, even when people have been very hurtful. I mean beyond measure hurtful. And the Lord said, go to them anyways. Make sure that your heart is right. And sometimes they received it, sometimes they didn't. But I left good both ways. Amen? It's so important. If we want the freshness of the Spirit, I'm telling you, we need to have our heart open and clean and say, God, I don't want any offense in me. I want the sweet anointing back in my life. God, I want to fall in love with you again, and I want to fall in love with people again. Amen? I'd like you to stand up. If I could have somebody come and play. Somebody. Somebody. uh... Somebody, Amy. I'm feel like I'm supposed to read this again, so <clears throat> just take this. Just close your eyes, if you would. Therefore, confess your sins to one another. Just go ahead and close your eyes, where you're at. Therefore, confess your sins to one another. What does that mean? Just things that you've done wrong, things that are binding you up. Get it out of your life, amen? And pray for one another that you may be healed and restored. The heartfelt and persistent prayer of a righteous believer can accomplish much. It is dynamic and has tremendous power. That's what God is prophesying over you right now. You're... Prayers have tremendous power. Now, just say this. Say, Holy Spirit, I ask that if I have any offense in me towards people or towards you, I ask that you'd show me right now. Now, just wait a moment. felt the anointing on that. that's good that's good Uh, I felt someone over in this area I felt like someone like there was like broken promises or something and it really hurts you in a deep way and we need to just release that to the Lord and say God I forgive them Uh, Lord we forgive them we release that to you see forgiveness is an act of the will it's a step of faith Let's try that again. Say, Lord, if I have anything in my heart, any offense towards you or people, I ask that you'd show me. This is good stuff. This is good stuff. This is how God heals families. This is how God heals churches. This is good stuff there it is amen now just take a step of faith and just begin to forgive forgive i know it sounds silly we have to forgive god i mean god is right but our opinion was wrong we need to say god i i release you of that thing because i realize i was wrong in my judgment but just forgive and release that make a decision to forgive each other And the freshness of the Spirit's going to begin to fall upon you again. Somebody here, i just seen that in the Spirit, somebody had a really abusive dad, and uh, he's actually poked fun of you a lot, made you feel small, even about your faith. And the Lord says that, I'm aware of that, but let's forgive him so you can be an influence to him, and your prayers can be dynamic when you pray for him. So let's forgive him. I see that real plain. Just raise your hand if the Lord showed you something. If if the Lord showed you something, go ahead and raise your hand. Go ahead, raise your hand if the Lord showed you something. That's it. That's so good. That's so good. All right. Amen. Father, we just thank you, God, that you're so good you said, above all else, guard the, issues of, uh, guard the heart, for out of it flows the issues of life. We thank you, God. We want to have a dynamic prayer life. We want to have a dynamic walk with you, God. And Father, I thank you that you're creating an, uh, a powerful, powerful move here. that times of refreshing are going to come over this church. I just see that God is bringing a move here that we're going to see countless people saved. You're going to see miracles. You're going to see answers to prayer. And those testimonies are going to go around the region. Just say, I want to be a part of it. Give me dynamic faith. Give me dynamic faith. Lord, a fresh anointing. Just say that again, a fresh anointing. In Jesus name, put your hand on somebody. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, God. For a new wave of the spirit of God to come across the cells, upon the church, upon the individuals, Lord. I just see that so clear let the spirit of god new excitement fill the air we're an overcoming church we thank you father god you're so good you're so good how many can say amen to that? Amen. amen i'd like the ministry team to come up if you feel like you need some freedom or you like God to touch you in any way, Uh, go ahead and just come up and receive prayer. Otherwise, God bless you. Have an awesome day, an awesome week. We're praying for you, amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. Be sure to subscribe to our channel so you don't miss any new messages. To learn more or to get connected with us, please visit us at worldharvestusa.com. God bless you all, and we'll see you next time.